life. There are some things I think that we ought to set as goals before us. If you will turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And uh, we'll just give you a few very basic, very easy pointers of some things that perhaps this uh, new year we would consider. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 10. Paul writes this, he says, "...that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering, being made conformable unto His death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth under those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. I want to give you several thoughts on this passage that uh, perhaps will be a help to us as we start a new year. Some things perhaps as Christians we would redouble our efforts or give more diligence to and uh, maybe work a little harder towards uh, the first one is this. There is a mark. Paul said in verse number 10 uh, that uh, he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. When he talks about pressing toward the mark, this is the mark he's speaking of. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. The mark is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're striving for. We are trying to become like him, Christ-like. Um, the word Christian was used in the early church um, as they meant it as a derogatory thing. They meant it as a slander, but it actually became a badge, a badge of honor for those that were, were uh, believers that were trying to live the way the Lord would want them to live. And uh, it literally meant to be little Christs or the Christ ones, meaning they were followers of Christ. They were trying to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're taught in Scripture that uh, Christ is our example. He's left us an example that we should follow in His footsteps. And uh, there ought to be something about the Lord Jesus that we love enough that we say, I want to be just like that. Just like when we were little kids, we looked up to maybe a parent or uh, someone that was uh, of influence in our lives, and we used to think, I want to be just like that person. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ ought to be in each of our lives. He ought to be our hero. I, I think if you have kids or grandkids, it ought to be something we ought to lift him up as the hero of the day, that, that he's the one that we uh, place as the mark, the one to emulate, uh, the one to become more like. And, uh, and I wrote a couple things down here that uh, can help us to press toward that mark. The first one is we need to, we need to know him. So Paul said it this way in verse uh, 10. He says that I may know him. It's hard to become like somebody if you don't know them. The more you get to know them, the more you become like them. Uh, in fact, um, every once in a while, I will meet somebody that I've not been around in many, many years. And, but they knew my, my parents real well when I was just a kid. In fact, I had one lady here just about six or eight months ago tune into one of our services here. And... Uh, listen to the service and, and she sent me a message later on and said, you reminded me so much of your father. Well, I, I think that's a, I, I loved my dad. I think my dad was a great man and, and I, I took that as a compliment uh, that I was like him. 
But I, I didn't go about trying to become like my dad. I just knew him so well that some of those character traits ended up becoming things that I did. Uh, and it's amazing how many times when you get around a married couple that's been married for 50, 60, 70 years, uh, they have the same mannerisms, they have the same way they talk, the same, uh, a lot of times the same personality traits. And I remember even with my grandma and grandpa uh, on my dad's side, as they, uh, as they got older together to watch them together, uh, was just so cute, so, so neat to watch. Because after all those years, they'd become so much like one another. Uh, and I would say this, that the closer we get to the Lord Jesus, the more we learn to know Him, the more we'll become like Him. We'll press toward that mark of emulating the Lord Jesus Christ. And then He said this, not only that I may know Him, but that I may know, uh, in verse number 10, the power of His resurrection. To know the power of His resurrection. To have that same kind of a power in our life. The power that it took to resurrect the Lord Jesus Christ. The power that can break the heart of stone. The power that can enable us to do the work that He's called us to do. I want to know that power. I want to experience that power. I want to have that power in my life. And that is as I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. And as I get to know the Lord Jesus more and more. And become more uh, in, intimately involved with Him in a personal relationship. The more His power can be used in us. And then it says this, to know the fellowship of His suffering. This speaks to our steadfastness. And the fact that even though the Lord saw the bitter cup that was before Him, knew what was coming. In fact, He even prayed, didn't He, in the Garden of Gethsemane? Lord, Father, if there be any other way, nevertheless, not thy will, but my will, but thine be done. We need to have that same kind of attitude. We need to have fellowship with His suffering. To, to, to be able to emulate Him and the way He endured suffering and went to the cross. Even though, even though it was a despicable death, even though it was a humiliating death, even though it was a painfully, physically painful death, He was steadfast to do the will of His Father. And I think it ought to be one of the marks that we push for. That we are willing to have the fellowship of His suffering. Uh, that we can relate to it, that we can understand what it is to suffer and still be steadfast and unshaken in our resolve to be like Him. And so Paul speaks of this, this mark that he's pressing for. I believe he describes it here in verse number 10. And then I want you to notice not only is there a mark, but there's also a high calling that God gives. There's a high calling. In verse number 11, this high calling, he said, in verse 14, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So let's see what the high calling is. We find that described in verses 11 and 12. He says, If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, neither were, uh, neither, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. The high calling is this, even though, I know that I am not perfect. Even though you know that you are not perfect. Even though we know that we have not yet attained. We are to follow after. That's our calling. We're to pursue it. We're to strive for it. We're to be diligent about this idea of attaining Christ-likeness. Are we going to succeed this side of heaven? No. But here's the problem. When we realize that fact, the, the tendency is this. 
I'll never be perfect this side of heaven, so I'm not even going to try. That's not what Paul's getting at here. There is a calling that God has given to us, and Paul refers to it here as trying to attain, to follow after, to try and pursue that. Uh, I like what I, uh, there's a fellow, a friend of mine, uh, a few years ago, and he said, I make it my goal every day to go one day without sinning at all. I said, have you ever succeeded at it? He said, no. I said, do you ever think you're going to succeed at it? He said, no. He said, but I wake up every day attempting to go one whole day without sinning. I think that's what Paul means here when he says, I follow after. I want to be perfect like the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not perfect. I've not attained. But that's no excuse to throw my hands in the air and not try. That's no excuse to have, not have some resolve when I wake up in the morning. I'm going to go a day without sinning. I know I won't succeed at it, but I'm sure going to try. I'm reminded years ago of a young boy who got a BB gun for Christmas. And one evening when there was a full moon out, he was shooting his BB gun up in the air. And a fellow that was walking by asked him, said, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to shoot the moon. And the kid said, or the guy said, he started laughing. And he said, kid, you are never going to hit the moon with that BB gun. He said, sir, I may not, but I'll come closer than you will. And I don't want you to miss the point to the humor. Keep that humor in mind because it'll help you remember the point. The point is this. I may not attain. And you may not attain. But let's strive to be as close as we can. Let's pursue that perfection. There's a calling on our life to be holy as He is holy. God has sanctified us. God has set us apart. The Bible says He's made unto Him a peculiar people. Let's strive to be like Christ in this calling. Thirdly, there is a prize. There is a prize. Hold your place here for just a minute. Let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Paul's getting to the end of his ministry now. He knows his time is short. He gets uh, an opportunity to write a letter to young Timothy again. Kind of leave Timothy with some final thoughts as he's finishing up some things with his ministry. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, in verse number uh, 7, let's go to verse 6. He says, For I am now ready to be offered, and my time of departure is at hand. So Paul knows this. I believe God helped him to know that this is it, Paul. You're, you're, you're done. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. But wouldn't it be wonderful if it could be said of us, that we had finished our course. One of the great burdens, fears of my life is to get to the end of my life and realize I have not finished yet all that God had for me. He said, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. There's a prize. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize. The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is the prize? Well, we know that Paul says there's going to be a crown of righteousness. But I don't think the prize is something that we are going to get that we can cherish and say, I, I, I'm glad I have this. 
I think the prize is going to be the fact that we can take that crown and we can lay it at the feet of the Lord Jesus and say, if it were not for you, I could have never done the things I did. I could have never been what I was in life. I could have never tried to be like you. And anything that was rewarded in my life, I owe to the Lord Jesus. It's His. I think the great joy of rewards is not going to be something that we put on our trophy mantle and display to all other believers in heaven. I think it's going to be the great joy of our hearts to lay them and cast them at His feet in honor and in reverence for all that He did in our lives to make that reward possible. There are some things I think that Paul did in order to earn this reward. First of all, he fought a good fight. Secondly, he finished his course. And thirdly, he kept the faith. And having done those three things, he says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. There's a mark. There's a high calling. There's a prize. And then I'll say this. There's a choice. There's a choice. Look with me again in Philippians chapter 3 in verse number 14. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In order to do this, there were some things that needed to take place. He needed to have a mark that he could pursue after. He needed to know what the high calling of God was in his life. And he needed to recognize that there was a prize and a reward for doing what he was supposed to do in following the good, fighting the good fight and following his course. But the choice that he had to make, we find in verse 13. He said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. If Paul could not get to this place where he could forget the things that were behind him and press towards the things that were before him, he would have never been able to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I've heard a number of ideas and thoughts on this idea of forgetting those things which are behind, and I certainly think that there's a couple of options. One is, Paul at this point in his ministry had done some great things for the Lord. And there's a temptation when we are victorious in the Christian life in some areas that we, we, we kind of put things on cruise control and coast on the victories that we've had. And Paul had to get to a place where it wasn't enough that God had used him to this point in ministry. He wanted to do that much more. He wanted to continue to do things. And I've heard some people explain it that way, and I think there's certainly some validity to that. There's another thought, and that is this. Paul also remembered what he used to be before he was saved. And I can believe this with all of my heart, that it was something that Satan constantly would remind him of and throw in his face. Paul, who are you? Who are you to be instructing these churches? Who are you to be preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus after all that you've done in the past to hurt the cause of Christ. There's people that will let their past hinder them from doing the work God's called them to do. 
There are people that will let their successes, even spiritual and, and, and biblical successes in life, slow them down and cause them to just coast and not accomplish all that God wants them to do. So there's a choice to make. There's a choice to make. Am I going to rest on my past? Am I going to let my past dictate what my future is going to do? Or am I going to put those things behind me and press toward the mark? You say, well, you don't know how bad my past is, Pastor. It doesn't matter. God used what I consider to be one of the worst human beings, one of the folks that was going around and for the sake of the Lord Jesus, for, for the sake of God, was putting Christians to death. And look at how God used him. He wrote more scripture than any single human author that we know of. He started more churches. He saw more converts and more people saved than many people in, in the scriptures. This was the Paul that had put Christians to death. Paul certainly had a lot of successes in his life, and in his latter years, he could have easily been the one that just sat back and said, Y'all come to my Bible conference and let me teach you how to do it. But not Paul. Paul was out there with the shirt sleeves rolled up, with the, the, the plow in his hand, continuing to plow, so that he could say at the end of his life, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. But he had to make a decision. The decision was, I can't rest on my past. I've got to press toward the future. When you start to make some new goals this year, be reminded that there is a mark. There is a high calling. There is a prize. And the decision is yours. I hope as we start a new year, we'll think in light of eternity and ask God to help us to do some things this year, to be more productive this year in sharing the gospel, in living holy, and being a testimony than we did last year. And let's press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's stand together and be dismissed. Father, just a simple message. Lord, nothing new for anybody that's here. Nothing new, but Lord, certainly something we need to be reminded of.